The interviews and discussions on this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello there, I'm your host Peter Strachan. Welcome to Stockhead's Rock Yarn. Today, we review the rapidly changing market for uranium in an environment that is seeking low carbon energy. The price of uranium oxide feed to produce fuel rods that supply the nuclear power industry reached a peak at over $60 a pound uh, early in April 2022 and now trades at just over $55 US a pound. New reactors are being built in several jurisdictions and the entrance of specialist uranium exchange-traded funds into the industry now provides a more price visibility for producers and consumers. To walk us through their exploration and development projects, we're delighted to welcome David Woodall, who is the Managing Director and Chief Executive Officer of Mauritanium Uranium Project Developer, Aura Energy. Welcome back, David. Thanks, Peter. Thanks for having me. I guess what we're seeing at the moment, we, we're heading to a decarbonised world. The world is looking to uh, address issues in climate change. And with that, it's seeking to replace the fossil fuels in a transition that if we were to replace all of those zero emission energy sources, we would see a three times in, increase in electricity. And with that is going to be not just renewables, but you're going to have to have things like nuclear and transition from, from gas into, into your transition to this non-zero emissions targets. Yeah, so the uranium price has moved up and we've got these um, exchange-traded funds there. Um, do you have any feel for where the uranium price has to be to get these new projects like yours off the ground? People like uh, UXC and Trade Tech, which write about the, um, the market in general, would see prices you know, later on this year, they're forecasting in the $60, $65 pound range yeah. into, into 2024 in the mid-70s. So at those prices, Aura's project in, in Turris in Mauritania is in a very strong position. Our all-in sustaining cost is around just under $29 a pound. Our all-in cost is in the mid-30s. So we can sustain a very profitable project going forward. Now, there is a number of, of projects that, that would need in excess of $80 a pound, and that accounts for about 350 million pounds of production between now and 2040. So those those projects would need a higher price, but for a price in the mid 60s, uh, Aura would be ready to uh, start the development of, of uh, the tourist project. So David, Aura's project, the tourist uranium project in the northeastern part of Mauritania, can you just describe the proposed low cost tourist project and run us through the findings from the company's recent enhanced feasibility work. One of the things we have at Turis, it's a, it's a low capital, low operating cost operation. And that really is due to the type of ore we have. So when the mining, very simple, the average depth of the, the areas we will mine is about four metres. 
The maximum depth, depth is seven meters. It's all free digging, so we don't have to drill and blast. So that has some significant opportunities in terms of the cost in the, uh, in the mining side. In the processing, the processing is very simple. It basically, we, we mine it, we take a run of the mine ore uh, at a grade of around 250 uh, parts per million. We put that into a beneficiation plant uh, where we size it and we wash it, we recover the fines and we get 90% of the uranium recovered from the, in those, that fine material. And that accounts between 10 to 15% of the total volume that is mined. What happens in that process of beneficiation is we then have a feed grade going into a leaching circuit in excess of 2,000 parts per million. And then it will go through a standard alkali leach process. It's then precipitated and bagged, and then we produce the U308. And in that strategy, um, Turis is, is a very strong, uh, has very strong financials. So, you know, we saw a 28% IRR post-tax, a 226 million NPV, uh, for a project that is going to cost us around about all in for our two phases, phase one being £800,000 per, per year and then growing to £2 million per year uh, is about hundred, just under $180 million. So capital efficient, low cost, very easily scalable um, and in an area that we're, we're very confident of growing the resource even greater than it is now. Yeah, all those in uh, US dollars, of course, uh, David. So, David, it's a it's a very simple ore body to mine, as you say, uh, shallow. Uh, the uranium's all in the fine fraction. Now, it's interesting. Uranium's notoriously mobile in the environment, and it's usually some sort of chemical or physical trap. What causes that uranium concentration at the terrace project areas, and how will this knowledge? assist exploration efforts once the project's up and r are running? Yeah, good question. The actual, um, the genesis of the deposits, we're still working on it as we go forward. What we saw back uh, in about 2008, um, the USGS and the Mauritanian government uh, flew a radiometric survey in the Tiris Moor area in the northeastern part of Mauritania. And what our exploration team, way before I joined the company, noted was these, these high radiometric signatures throughout this area. Um, and what we do is we look at the uh, areas of above 10 ppm and then we, we just do a very simple uh, air core drilling, uh, followed up with uh, some, some about 10% of our drilling is done by um, diamond drilling. And we have the resource we have now, which is just under 60 million pounds. But the actual genesis of it, that's some work that we're still working through, but we're pretty confident that uh, there, there, this, this has potential to become a a significant uranium province in, in the world. Yeah, the, if the uranium sticks out with that geophysics, that's a, a really good start to go and do some shallow uh, or sort of auger drilling to, to see what's there. 
David, what infrastructure will Aura need to supply at that site in Mauritania? Yeah, good question, Peter. Look, the the area we work in is is very isolated. So from the capital of Nouakchott, we're some uh, 1,450 kilometres to the northeast. Uh, Our nearest uh, large community, Zurat, is about a further 600 kilometres to our west. So this project is going to be self-sufficient. So initially we'll be looking at a solar uh, diesel-generated power uh, process uh, that will supply the power for the, for, the, for the site, for the mine, and also the accommodation and offices in that area. Uh, water, we've got a, a, an area that we've found uh, that will supply the water for the first few years, and then we will then construct a 100-kilometre water pipeline from the Tuadini Basin, which is a, a basin that provides uh, water for the Mauritanian government's uh, iron ore mine that produces 25 or there a million pounds, a million tonnes a year, and uses uh, that water. So. Other than that, the infrastructure that we'll put in place, the accommodation, the plant, all that stuff we will, we will be uh, bringing into the country and taking to that region in, in a modular form. Yeah, and transport to the port, yeah, there's already roads there. There's a paved road between Nouakchott and Zurat, so that's about 800-odd kilometres. And then there's what they call a desert road, which is what we would in Australia call a unpaved road uh, that goes to the project. So access is, 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 is relatively easy, although the logistics are going to be a significant part of our project as we, as we go forward. We've also got the Algerian and the Mauritanian government. Uh, they've, uh, the, the, the Algerian president signed a decree a few months ago to pave a road from Algeria to Zurat. So that, if that was to be done, that goes to within sort of 60 kilometres of our project site. So we're pretty confident um, that this is this this area is is going to grow and become a major component of, of Mauritania and its resources industry. Yeah, be developed. So now, Aura. Uh, has an offtake agreement already in place for some, a small portion of its proposed production. What path to market for the uranium oxide uh, will there be from this project? Yeah, so we're, we're in the process of working and just having discussions. I was in uh, Slovenia uh, at the uh, World Nuclear Fuels Conference uh, some two months ago, and we were talking to you know, your major utility players uh, and that's our focus at the moment is to try and uh, complete negotiations to get off-takes with the utilities. We have a, an agreement, as you say, with Curzon, uh, a group out of the UK. Uh, that is a, a five-year uh, mix between fixed and market pricing um, for an average price at the moment, about $42 a pound. Uh, that was done in 2019. Um, and there's also an option for an additional uh, additional amount, so all up about two and a half million pounds over the over sort of five to seven years. So we've got plenty of capacity. 
I think what you're seeing now with the tightness that is being predicted in the market, some commentators are talking about a 20 million pound deficit on supply from last year, and that's just predicted to grow as the the demand for uh, uranium increases with the predicted demand driven by, you know, a forecast of, of you know an additional 500 reactors coming in stream by 2040. So everything everything sort of lines up to to show that this is not not going to be a it's going to be a timely job. But it, we're pretty confident that we will get these con, um, off take take it forward. David, that flows on quite nicely to my next question, which is the company's wisely added working capital to its estimates for the ramp-up cycle for the project, which takes, as you said, the funding target to uh, about 176 million US. Can you just walk us through the proposed development and funding options as you see them now? Our first phase is to to build... um, an 800,000 um, pound per year plant. And that's about just under 90 million US dollars. So under the Curzon agreement, there's a, there's a facility for working capital um, for the initial phase of uh, one and a half million pounds of 10 million. And then for the option, there's another, there's another opportunity for a further 10 million. Um, so that puts us as a working capital facility in a reasonable position. Um, and we're starting to talk with various, um, finances and groups, uh, to pro- progress, uh, on, on our debt and fine and, and equity, um, facility. So, you know, if you take 60, 40, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, close to 36 million would would be in the equity side, and the rest being the debt side. Um, and I guess the biggest the biggest thing we're looking to do now, and this is where we're progressing with our our work. We we've got our final export permit uh, has been submitted to the government. We expect that uh, in the fourth quarter of this year. We've got the front-end engineering design progressing. Um, that'll be completed by the fourth quarter this year. Um, so we, we would expect all of those components would allow us to successfully finance, get this uh, project up and running. And then as we get into production, I think the second phase of financing the additional $90 million to get it to $2 million pounds, I think that's going to be significantly easier than where we are at the moment. So the project is in the northeast of Mauritania, close to the northern border of Mali. Aurora's project is right on the border uh, and close to Algeria as well, as you said. Has there been any social or political unrest in that region? It's, it's rather interesting when you talk to people about Mauritania, you know, most people talk about Mauritius, Mozambique and everywhere else that starts with them in Africa. It's not well known, but, you know, when you look at Mauritania, you've got, you've got BP and Cosmos building, a, I think it's a $4.5 billion project offshore between Senegal and Mauritania. 
you know, BP has got a, a, a and Cosmos have got another area of gas uh, to the north in Mauritanian waters. They're then also talking about developing another two and a half billion. You've got Kinross with the Tazius uh, deposit. They've been mining in um, in Mauritania for you know, nearly ten years. You've you've had First Quantum in in country uh, since two thousand and eight. You've got you know, most most companies have come in and had a look around in Mauritania. So there's lots going on, and there's a huge new solar farm coming on there as well. Well, there's a there's there's there's, there's reputedly about a hundred billion dollars worth of investment in renewables and green hydrogen, you know, from Germany to um, Australian companies. I see Andrew Forrest was in uh, Newark shot about uh, four or five weeks ago um, talking about hydrogen. You know, Mauritania is, is very, very fortunate. It's got significant resources of gas. It's got potential in, in, uh, in renewables. And it's now got a, a, a significant opportunity in the uranium. So it's going to become a it's an emerging energy supplier into the global markets. So David, just finally, uh, Aura's massive low-grade Hagen polymetallic project in Sweden holds vanadium, nickel, zinc, molybdenum, uranium, and a side of potash. What's required to make this low-grade deposit? Viable. Yeah, so what we're doing with Hagorn is we're moving forward uh, at the moment. Uh, we're progressing to submit a exploitation permit. Uh, that'll be done by August of two, 2024. Uh, once that's completed, uh, we will uh, then start progressing into the feasibility and the environmental impact statement that's required. Um, but what's really encouraging with the uh, with what's happening in Sweden is I was in Sweden about a, about a week ago and talking to to various government and uh, various politicians. There is a recognition both in the EU and also uh, within Sweden that the permitting process is somewhat bureaucratic and needs to be addressed. And the government has made very positive statements in the press. Uh, to uh, progress that forward. Um, it is also talking about the removal of the uranium ban. Uh, that's important because, uh, you know, Sweden has a, a number of very high-quality polymetallic uh, deposits, including Hagorn, um, and that, that, we believe, is also progressing well. So those all come together. Uh, we'll have a significant project and we'll have a, a scoping study released in the next month uh, that will show the true value of Hagorn to Aura and its shareholders as we move it forward. Okay. Well, that's pretty interesting, David. Just finally, quickly, news flow of the next six months. You've got the Hagorn work. You've got the feasibility work at, towards the end of the year uh, in Mauritania. Yeah, so we've got, so as you say, we've got the Hagorn scoping study coming out uh, imminently. We've got export permit that we expect to announce uh, in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, we've got the feed study. We've got an exploration program starting in the third quarter that we would expect to add additional resources and also to um, probably 
uh, give us further targets for e extensions of our resource that we're targeting to be over 100 million pounds. So, you know, there's going to be consistent updates to the market as we grow this, 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 this project in Mauritania and as we progress forward in Sweden. And uh, we're pretty confident that we've got a, a great project uh, and a great story to take forward. David, thank you for coming into Stockhead to uh, talk to us at Rock Yarn today. Not a problem, Peter. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much.